Welcome to the Gray Area Podcast. We want to educate, encourage, and empower students to get answers to all of life's gray areas. In this podcast, we discuss topics like relationships, leadership, mental health, and other gray areas, and give you factual insights so you have the knowledge and skills to thrive in whatever season of life you are in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Gray Area Podcast. I'm sitting here uh, with an amazing young coach we got. He's, yeah, that's ironic, actually, young. <laughs> with an amazing coach we have here in town, coaching at JP2, the assistant coach for the yes, JP2 sir. soccer team, um, and also doing your own uh, type personal of training. training well. yes, personal sir. training, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, sitting here with Coach Young. Coach Young, you want to tell us a little about yourself? Yes, sir. My original name is Wenji Ambrose. That's my full name. Coach Young is just a nickname that the players gave me because I started coaching when I was like 18 years old. <laughs> and then they couldn't pronounce my last name, which was Ambrose. They were like, Coach, it's too long. <laughs> so we're just going to call you Coach Young since you were the coach, um, youngest coach among the coaches. Mm-hmm. So originally, I'm Haitian. I'm from Miami, Florida. I grew up playing soccer all my life. So once I realized I wasn't going to make it to college playing soccer, I was like, what could I do to help out the youth? Yeah. So that's when I started coaching and stuff like that. That's yes, awesome. Man. That's super, super cool. Um, so, you know, getting into coaching so young and like you just said, you had that self-awareness of like, listen, like I'm not going to the next level, like playing soccer. So it really drove you to like saying like, all right, I'm going to go coach soccer now. Was it just like, yeah, yeah. So what got you into coaching? Um, when I was in high school, we needed volunteer hours. Mm-hmm. And then from my middle school, I used to play with my middle school team. And I was like, okay, I love playing. Why not go do something I love doing? So for volunteer yeah. hours, I went back to my middle school and started helping out the coach. He didn't have an assistant coach. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to help you out because he was a teacher at the school. So by the time he get up, the kids are just sitting there waiting for him. I was like, I could get the kids ready, warmed up and stuff like that for you. And then he started giving me more jobs, more things to do. And then sometimes he let me just train the entire team by myself. That's amazing. If he can't make it yeah, instead of sure. canceling pa- practice. So I was like, okay, this is something I love doing because the kids are actually learning a lot. So, yes, sir. So tell me a little bit about, because, you know, most athletes when when they're transitioning to college and they're not going to play college, just that mindset, what made you... What made you okay with the choice? Okay, I'm not going to play in college. Let me just go ahead and try to do something for the game in another way. Um, looking at it, um, soccer is really hard for you to make it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. But my entire life, my plan was like, I'm going to make it to pro. I'm going to make it to pro. I'm going to make it to pro. But once you hit that senior year, mm-hmm. looking at it, everyone is getting offers. And all the other sports are getting offers, yeah. I think. In my senior year, we didn't get one kid. Oh, one out of we had like six or seven seniors that graduated from my class that played soccer. None of us got a scholarship, not even like a D three scholarship. No, wow. It's not that we were a bad team. We always make it to district finals. It's just like we didn't put ourselves out there, and the mm-hmm. coach didn't help us put ourselves out there. Just yeah. like football, looking at football and basketball, if we want to compete for scholarship, we got to put ourselves out there, gotcha. and that's one thing soccer players don't do. Yeah, that's really, I think that's really important to think about. And I want to ask you about, you know, so many times nowadays people want instant results. They want to go start doing something. They're like, well, how can I become this immediately? Like, you know, we say all the time, like, I think there's this thing that people 
are getting out of college right now, like a four year degree. It's like, how can I have now have just got out of college, four year degree, no experience. I want a like a six digit salary. Yes. Like, obviously, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of patience, which you're talking about with, you know, when you started doing your coaching job, yes. you took what you had and you did that so well to where your coach started trusting you more and more and more and more. So what do you say to people that are like, I want instant results? Um, there's no such thing as instant result because one thing about anything that you do, you got to be patient. You got to mm -hmm. be driven. And a lot of people go into careers and stuff like that for the money, but money going to come. But the best thing is, it's when you're enjoying what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, what's the point of doing it? Yeah, yes, that's sir. really good. I always hear people talk about how, um, like money is going to come and go, but what's going to keep you there is like, how much do you enjoy what you do? Yes, sir. I think that's really important. Yes, like what you're talking about right there. Just, you have to be able to look at what you're doing and say, I love what I'm doing, whether I'm getting a paycheck or not. Yes. I think that's really cool. You have any other follow up questions with that? Not with that one. Um, just diving deeper into the athlete and the coach perspective, because it is a switch from playing and the coaching. Yes. So what is, what's one lesson that you've learned from playing and one lesson that you've learned from coaching about soccer in general? Playing, you just try to play, having fun, enjoying the sports. Mm -hmm. So when you switch to coaching, communication is key. The way you communicate to the players, can every players understand what are you telling them to do? And a lot of times, every um, soccer coach could tell you that when they put the drills out there, it doesn't matter how much they explain it, until the players start doing it, they won't understand it. Mm -hmm. And another aspect is, I feel like I become a better player. Mm. Because once you're standing outside of the field, you understand the spot a lot, the sport a lot more. When you're watching, you're like, oh, you should have done that, you should have done that. And then when I'm telling my players, if I was in your position, I understand you're young, just listen and take the information in it. And so that you could become a better player. Because that's what happens to me. When I'm standing outside coaching, I'm like, wow. If I knew everything that I knew right now, mm -hmm. when I was in high school, regardless of anything that happens, I will still make it poor. Because when you're on the field, you just try to try to go to and score the goals. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what the coach tells you, they could be like, control the ball and stuff like that. You're like, ah, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. But looking at it, the advice they were giving you, if you had to take those little information that they're telling you, everything will work out so yeah so taking that like how can that be translated to from a soccer like pitch to like real life instances like how do you think that could translate to like a job or relationships at like relationships that you have with friendships or a personal relationship or school like how do you think lessons like that can be transmitted into regular everyday life um with that a lot of people when you're talking to them they don't fully understand what you're saying. So they take it and go with it and run with it. A lot of things in life, a lot of people in life, when, you when you're talking to them, try to explain yourself and stuff like that, they're actually listening, but they don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. So one, that's one thing I, I tell my kids, my soccer players, if you don't understand what I'm telling you, don't be ashamed to ask questions. Because the same questions that you have, somebody else have mm -hmm. too. Yeah. There's no such thing as a dumb questions. I know from school they tell you that. Even at jobs working, I'll be like, should I ask these questions? But looking myself, if I was in, if I was coaching, I would want my players to ask this question because you never know who, who don't know the answer. Yeah. So I'm like, in life, you always got to ask questions for you to actually understand 
everything. Mm-hmm. That's so, so important is being able to ask questions and not having that fear of like, yes, well, I'm going to get laughed at if I yes. ask this question. Yes. I'm going to, yes. people are going to look like, wow, you look like an idiot. Yes. Only you want to know this question, yes. Yes. but you're just the one brave enough to ask the question when there's, could be someone in the either back of the classroom, yes. back of the job, someone else in the like field. That's like, man, I had the same good question. I'm happy someone else asked it. Yes. I thought I was going to look like yes. an idiot. I think that's so important. That's really, really, I think that's really good insight to that as well. And to add to that, a lot of times I tell my players, if you don't want to ask it in the middle of the group, don't hesitate to pull the person over or whoever's your coach coaching yeah. you to be like, can you help me out with this? So sometimes at work, when I'm working and I don't want to ask a certain questions, and I'm like, let me pull the person. After they finish talking, I'm like, okay, can you explain that to me again? Or what are we doing this for? And they were like, damn, that's a great question. If you had asked it, now I got to go re-explain mm-hmm. the same question. Basically, I'm assuming that most of the people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, I'm like, okay. So I get in a habit of not being afraid of asking questions. Yeah, so. it is so funny because even looking back when I was playing sports, even when that time came when you didn't want to ask questions, it's like as soon as the meeting is over, we turn into one another. Like, all right, yes, so yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, did y'all understand? Yes, yes. And it's like everybody's on the same page. Nah, I didn't we really understand. Yes, yes. Yes. Like, at the end of like a staff meeting, we're like, all right, well, did you catch any of that? Like, <laughs> yes, so, sometimes I start the drills after explaining something, and I'm like, okay, go ahead and do whatever I just explained. And, and then they get on the field. They doing it, but they doing the wrong way. And I bring them back in. They're like, coach, what are we doing wrong? I'm like, you're not doing the drill or anything that I just explained. They're like, yeah, we didn't understand it, coach. So you just try to do something with it. And that's sometimes funny. you, I laugh with it. And I enjoy it because that's the same way I was in high school. So I try to do a lot better, try to become friends with them and stuff like that so that they they were not afraid to ask questions and stuff. Yeah. So as a coach, you know, I always believe that like you're never too old to learn something yes, new. Yes, yes, you're never too old. As a coach, what are you constantly learning from your like students, from your players? Like, are you learning stuff from them? It's like, wow, like it could be about soccer, it could be about life, it could be about you know how can I be a better coach? Like, what are some lessons you've learned as a coach? Um, as a coach, looking at like not every player have different issues mm-hmm. and every players grow up in different environments. That's so great. the way you communicate with one player, you cannot communicate with another player the same way. Um, the, That's really good. My first year coaching the head coach, Coach Kenny Chuka, he told me one thing. If you if you screaming at one player, they react to what you're telling them. Don't go scream at another player because they might react differently. Mm-hmm. So my first year doing that throughout the whole four years coaching at JP2, I realized that because my formality of coaching, the same way I coach you, if I'm aggressive with you for you to get it, I'm going to be aggressive with the other players. And then throughout the season, I'm realizing, okay, I got to come with you in a different format. Mm-hmm. If I talk to you, if I talk to you sweet, maybe I got to talk to you another way. For another play, If I go to another player, maybe I got to talk to them another way. So... Looking at it, that's what I'm learning from them. I'm growing each and every day because every player is different. Their culture is different. Their jokes they're making is different. <laughs> and the way they're offended and stuff like that, I'm like, okay. Sometimes you cannot be too hard for them because it, mm-hmm. their background shape who they are. And it's up to us to bring a team together. So if you're going to kill one player to build another player, it's never going to work. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, you said you mentioned you're coaching at you've been at coaching at JV two for about four years now, yes, right? Yes, sir. So I mean, when you got there, you had freshmen 
who you know new into high school like wide-eyed like yes, wow this is high school now this is like high school soccer and they're seeing the level of competition to where now they're they're graduating seniors yes sir what has that experience been like seeing these young the, these kids grow up to be young men like right before your eyes coaching them like what is that experience even like oh i cannot explain it it's amazing seeing freshmen because we only have varsity uh, varsity team we don't have a jv team mm -hmm. so me and the head coach coach kenny we've been coaching the boys from since freshman year so seeing how they change not just because i got players that come in cocky like i know everything yeah and then once they see how we're coaching them the advice that we are giving them how we take care of the team seeing them become leaders in families and stuff like that coming together enjoying wanting to go to practice each and every day like and i'm like this is amazing because from little kids seeing kids that are taller than you by senior year <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and then some of them get better than you as a coach mm -hmm. you're like and the ones they grab them and and grab the information that you are giving them understanding it that's one thing that i love seeing okay freshman year you didn't fully understand what i was teaching by your sophomore years you're doing everything that i'm teaching and then by your senior years when you graduate and i'm like tearing down because that's on a, a player that i'm gonna be missed yeah so that's so. amazing that's really really awesome so i've noticed um through social media and even like because i've seen us so, so much on social media i'll actually yes. even go on like the fhsaa and like and look at like y'all's results and follow y'all season like y'all had one of the most, if not the most successful season yes. in JP2 soccer yes. history. Yes, what do you think led into that? Like, not even just like, you know, like, wow, we had like amazing practices. Like, wow, they really just understood the sport of soccer. Like, what do you think really like just led that into happening? Because that just doesn't like happen because like, yeah, you can be really good at soccer. And we've seen plenty of people like bring like, oh, here's great players that we're going to bring together on a team no matter yes. what sport. But there's so much more than just the sport when it comes to like very successful teams so what really went into that season um i think the thing that we changed the most is making the players enjoying practice yeah so during practice we cannot always have serious practice so sometimes we have fun events where they actually laughing enjoying it sometimes i post there's some videos that i post on the instagram page on the JP2 soccer team Instagram page. You could actually see that they're enjoying it. And then there's um, drills that we do where we make them hold hands, run around and stuff like that. Those are fun drills that we didn't do a lot of. And then at the beginning of the season, the coach is like, for us to actually win something, we gotta make everyone be become on the same page. So yeah. really big, making them become a family. Mm -hmm. So regardless of who you like, who you don't like, because everyone have their own issues, but when we're on the field, we're going to hold hands. We're going to eat yeah. together. We're going to take ice bath together. We're going to do all those things. And then we have a great AD, a great head coach, and a parents that are actually helping us, making our life a lot easier so that we can focus on just paying attention to those kids. That's amazing. I know, I know we're talking about a lot of the skill aspect of coaching, but can you share a little bit about the mentoring side that comes with coaching? Because I know... You might have a player that might pull you to the side, might talk about actual real life situations or moments just to help them get through. So have you experienced anything like that in your years coaching? Yes, um, I have a couple players. They usually post and um, pull the head coach mm -hmm. a lot often. 
because he's the one that made the final decisions. Yeah. But I got a couple players since if the head coach is not there, they'll be like, coach, this is not the day for me. So actually you have to take the time to actually understand where they're coming from. And a lot of times I got players that are playing on the field. They're mm-hmm. not themselves. So either they're going through something at home, grandma passed away, somebody got into a car accident and stuff like that. So sometimes you got to feel for them. You got to make them make sure that they feel like hurt or something like that. Yeah. Because if you let them like, okay, you don't care about their situations, they're going to be like, I don't want to be part of this thing. So a lot of times I just pull them, even though they we're doing whatever drills we're doing, I just pull them aside and ask them how they feeling. What are they going through that's and stuff good. like that. And that's when they started talking and stuff like that. Coach, some, something happened to me or I got issues with my parents and stuff like that. And sometimes the head coach have to call their parents and be like, the only way you could help your kid is to do this, do, this, do that. Wow. And it's, it's not an easy job because parents, their way or the highway. So yeah. it's their kids. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, coach, we got to pull away. And he's like, no, if we pull away, we're going to lose this kid. Or mm-hmm. they're not going to enjoy the sport or they're not going to play the sports. And there's parents that actually like, okay, for certain reason, you're not going to play. And that's killing the kid because me personally, if my parents told me I couldn't play soccer, it doesn't matter what else I'm doing. That's the thing that I'm enjoying the most. Yeah. So a lot of parents don't understand that. And that's that's part of the job. Yeah, that's part of the job. That's really, really good. What would you say has been one of the biggest challenges as like a leader of young men? What's some of the biggest challenges you've faced? Um. I would say the biggest thing is bringing them together, bringing them together, having the same goal. Because like I told you at the beginning, I think last questions, everyone have a different mindset. Everyone have a different background. So bringing them together, you got to do it different ways. You got to do it uh, at a different style. So that's my biggest challenge because training is not a, it's something that I do. I I prepare everything early and Mm -hmm. the head coach, he's usually come and prepare things so we don't have a problem with that. It's like bringing those different young men with egos coming to play in your <laughs> soccer team. Yeah. And as a coach, me personally and the head coach, we're on the same page with that discipline is key. Yeah. So discipline on the field and off the field. And so far we haven't had issues, a lot of issues with discipline. And I'm That's pretty good. happy with that. I don't know if it's because we got a small team, but we haven't had a lot of issues with discipline. So... That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You have a follow-up question for that? Or? No, not at all. Awesome. So, it's a little, little taking a little gas, fill out the gas of the, the more difficult, like, there's a question. Okay. I just want to ask you some fun questions. Yes. So, in soccer, what position did you play? Um, high school, well, let me start with middle school. Growing up in middle <laughs> school, I played goalie. Okay. So Shout out. Yes. Shout out any goalies out there. That's what I did. Yes. <laughs> I used to enjoy it. Because I was 5'5 five, five in middle school, thinking that I was going to grow, I was going to get taller. So I was like, I wasn't flying post to post, but the goal was a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. So I was actually looking good in the goal. Mm-hmm. But when I got to high school, I had a 6'7 goalkeeper. Oh, so I had to whoa. compete against. Yeah. And then my coach, say 6'7? Uh, six, yeah, 6'7 goalkeeper. big. Yeah. And he was big. He wasn't just tall, limpy, but he was good. He was big. Actually, he had muscles on him. So he was a football player. He, he was the football um, kicker. 
So I had to compete with him, and he was a junior, and then he'd been playing on the, he'd been the starting goalkeeper. So when I got there, I was like, Coach, I'm going to try for a different position. So he's like, okay, you you fast, you got speed, so I'm going to put you on the back. And then he realized that I was aggressive too, so he put me on defense, left back or right back, whichever mm -hmm. one he preferred. So right now, my favorite position is the center mid, but I played all over the play for... In high school, he would put switch me up from left back or full back to anywhere up there. But he would never put me in the midfield. Yeah. Because he would say there's too much pressure because I like running with the ball. So he's like, you cannot dribble in, the, in my midfield. Yeah. So he would put me at striker, wingers, anywhere in the wings, but n never in center mid. So now I understand why he would never put me center mid. Yeah. Because that, now that's my favorite <laughs> position. I love playing center, defensive mid, or center mid. That's so, awesome. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, question for you. If you could coach for any professional soccer club, what club would you coach for? <sighs> if they were like, here is the head coaching position for any club in the world. In the world. Coach Young, where are you coaching? Oh, this is this is good. My favorite, <laughs> team, my favorite club team is Barcelona. Okay. Yes, so... If I wanted to coach, I would go to... I, me personally, I think they're the best, so everyone have their opinion, mm -hmm. but I would want to coach for Barcelona. Yeah. So that would be a dream. I mean, that's a, that's one of the... I almost said blue bloods. Like such an American term, but it's just, it's just a prestigious club yes, in yes, soccer. Yes, I think that's amazing. Yes. What about you? Arsenal. Arsenal is my favorite club in the world. You would want to talk to the head coach from JV2, Coach Kenny. That's oh, really? His, that's his club. That's oh, man, his club. Yeah, coach Kenny, if you listen to this, yes, I'm going to get you club. on this podcast. We'll talk a whole podcast about Arsenal. <laughs> yes, yes, that's I love his Arsenal. Club. That's yes. my favorite club ever since growing up. He even listened to the podcast for like Arsenal's, the people mm -hmm. that are like talking about the things. Sometimes I'm in the car, I'm like, Coach, he's like, I'm learning. Because everything they're doing on the field, they're actually talking about their taxes. And yeah. like I'm like, Coach, oh, wow. you really love Arsenal. Man, he's, he's, like a, a, yeah. he's like a sponge taking in any information yeah. he can. That's amazing. That's so, so cool. Um, and so another question for you I have right here. It says, this is a nice little would you rather question. Yes. I'm going to start implementing this in every single podcast. Asking yeah. Argeska a, a difficult would you rather question. So it says, would you rather have an exciting but dangerous life? Or a boring but meaningful life. Ooh, wow! Excited but dangerous, or boring but meaningful. Meaningful. And you can define that in any way you want. Boring but meaningful. Excited and dangerous. Mm -hmm. I like the exciting part. <laughs> but, Not but the, dangerous. Uh, but the thing about it. Boring and meaningful. I like the meaningful. I like the boring and meaningful. Yes, yeah. I like boring and meaningful. I think that's why I probably would choose to, honestly. The it sounds like you me. actually had a meaning be behind your life. Yeah. So you had a purpose, basically. Exciting and dangerous. I understand everything you do in life is dangerous. Exciting, but what is the meaning behind that? Mm -hmm. What are the purpose of what you are doing? If yeah. you're just doing it just to have fun, at the end of the day, you're going to look at your life and be like, what did I actually do? Mm -hmm. Did yeah. I just have fun and had no real meaning behind it or real impact behind it? So I think boring and meaningful will be good. I think that's so important. I was recently at a, a funeral for a, a friend of mine this past Saturday. And it just, anytime I'm at a funeral or, or even something like that, it's just the, 
the thought goes to my head is like, what am I going to be remembered for? Yes. Because she was an amazing person, an absolutely amazing human being. Like the definition of like relentless, like unrelentless love. Like, yes. Is it unrelentless or relentless? It's whatever. Whichever one is like, I'm not going to stop loving you. Like she was the definition of like, Jesus loves me where I'm at. So I'm going to love you where you're at. And so like, everyone talks about that when it comes to her as they should she was an amazing amazing human being so it's just like i mean we think of like man what are people going to say at my funeral yes like yeah. that is, if i that died today who yes. what are who what are people going to say i think that's so important to think about like what are you leaving behind in your legacy yes i think um listen to motivational speakers they one of them mentioned i forgot who mentioned it he was like when you're on your deathbed what are you thinking of what are your regrets mm-hmm. What was yeah. something that you could have done to impact somebody else's life? Not even your life, because if you impact somebody else's life, your life is actually getting impacted. Mm-hmm. So that's well, that's one that's one of the motivation of speakers. He spoke about that. That's amazing. Deathbed, yes. That's amazing. Well, do you have anything else, Mr. Alfonso? No, just to even build on top of what we were literally just talking about now. They say, was, I think it was The Matrix or something. I heard somebody say, really... How do you know that you that you exist or that you've actually existed in this lifetime? And it's really based off of the memories and the impact of yes. other people. Because yes. if you don't do anything for other people or have any type of impact, it's who who remembers you. Yes. Who, yes, who yes, were yes. you really? Yep. So that that was cool. We kind of drifted off in that. I like that. Would you rather question? Yeah, it's a nice little yes. one. Well. I want to personally thank you so much for pouring into the young men in Tallahassee. Yes, sir. I mean, that's no amazing. That's it's just an pleasure. amazing thing. It's a pleasure that you reached out and stuff yes, like that. Yes, of course, of course. Um, all of your social media, all of his social media is in JP2 will be in the description below. Definitely give him a follow. See what he's doing. If you need any soccer training, definitely reach out to my guy. Um, support JP2. They're amazing what they're doing over there. There's serious, serious growth. And yes, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you all so much. Um, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, like the podcast, do all that, share it, and have a great one. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening today. We hope you feel educated, encouraged, and empowered to thrive in every area of your life.